0: You are listening to Unified Through Chronic and Mental Illness with your hosts, Angie Roberts and Kimberly Murphy. Please be advised that some of the topics of this podcast can be triggering and sensitive in nature.
1: Society is changing. A record 5.6% of U.S. adults identify as LGBTQ, polls show. And young people are driving the numbers. Generation Z, again, leads the way. 72% who identify as LGBTQ say they are bisexual.
0: Hey, Spoonies and mental health warriors. Welcome back to Unified. This is Kimberly Murphy here with Angie Roberts. Hey, y'all. And today we are celebrating Pride Month. Yay! We hope all you LGBTQers are out there. And um, also, those of you who are not, we're going to give you a little education today. Hopefully you'll stick around and give us a listen because we have a lot of terms we're going to throw at you. But I think it's uh, something that we all should be talking about. This is a really important conversation that um, we need to be having right now to bridge these generations together between the older generation and Gen Z. So the first thing we definitely want to let everybody know is that we are definitely not experts on anything we're about to say. <laughs> we're no, learning we're as not. we go. Um, like many people in our generation, Gen Z is so informative and it would have been really great to have a Gen Z come on here. But hello, if you're out there listening and we get anything wrong, please let us know so that we can correct it. Um, today, we definitely want to talk about gender identity and because I think there's a lot of confusion, a lot of people confuse sexual identity with gender identity, which is where I think the generations kind of lose touch with understanding with each other. Right. Because I mean, we were born, you're a girl or you're a boy, and that's, that's the way it is. Um, but gender identity is how we feel in relation to being male or female. It's not the same as our sexual identity, which is you know, what we're born with in terms of our sexual parts. So right. again, gender identity is how we feel in relation to being male or female. And there's some types of gender identity that we're gonna go through today. Not all of them, of course, because there's, there's actually a lot. <laughs>
1: um, there's but some lot. of the more,
0: there is a lot, but there, um, we're gonna go through some of the more common ones um, so that we don't overwhelm people who really maybe are hearing this for the first time. So Angie,
1: what is the first one that um, we're gonna tell people about today? The first one is a gender, not having a gender or identifying with a gender. They may describe themselves as being gender neutral.
0: Now, see, I know there are a lot of people out there right now. This is the one that's the most confusing for most people. How do you not have a gender? Um, And I don't really have an answer for that. I think that um, this is something we would love a a Gen Zer to come on and tell us about. Uh, We might be lucky enough to have somebody come on our Facebook page and and give us some information. I think this is the hardest one for people to wrap their heads around.
1: Yes. If you're gender neutral, reach out to us.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, we We can understand something, uh, but we don't understand nothing. (laughs) Like I think that's just human nature to understand something, but not understand nothing. Um, So we would love to know more about that um, and how you come to the conclusion that you're agender. Um, Then there's bigender, a person who fluctuates between male and female gender-based behaviors and identities, which that one I can understand because there's a male and there's a female. (laughs) It's something that you can grasp, you know what I mean, and and understand. Um, So that one's a little more easier to grasp. Um, How about you tell us about the next one,
1: Angie? Cisgender. A person whose gender identity and biological sex assigned at birth are the same. For example, they were born biologically as a male and expressed their gender as a male. So that's basically
0: most people that we're talking to right now. Um, right. You identify the same. Your gender identity is female and your biological sex is female. You know, it's what most of us um, identify as. And then there's gender expression, which is basically um, how somebody expresses their gender through how they dress and act and other factors uh, measured on scales of masculinity and femininity, which is like basically social constructs um, because, you know, society's decided what masculine and feminine is in the first place. Right. Uh, But there's also gender fluid, which is a mix of boy and girl. So this person who is gender fluid may always feel like a mix of the two. Um, But they may feel more like a man on some days and more like a woman on other days.
1: I can imagine that might be confusing um, when you first uh, learn that you're gender fluid. And, you know, that I'm not, you know, you can be, you know, have mixed feelings about that or just not understand how you feel like you're confused or yeah. Like you don't really know who
0: you are. Yeah. That's got to be really difficult too. But luckily this new generation, you know, they discuss these things. And so now there's a place for someone like that to be like, Oh, that's what I am. That's, that's what, that's, what's happening with me. Unlike our generation who would have just been like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, like you're either male or female, get over yourself, you know? Um, Then there's non-binary, which sometimes is referred to as genderqueer, a gender identity label that's often used by people who don't identify with being man or woman. Again, um, it's usually used as an umbrella term for many gender non-conforming or non-binary identities. So again, the not male or female, which I personally have a hard time understanding. Same. Same. Yeah. And so um, we'd love to understand it though. Somebody please explain it to us. We really do want to know. You want to do the next one, Angie?
1: Sure. Uh, Intersex. A person born with a reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't seem to fit the typical definitions of female or male. For example, a person might be born appearing to be female on the outside but having mostly male typical anatomy on the inside,
0: this is going to be hard too. Because could you imagine like your five year old always being referred to as a girl, but it, you know, you have a boy,
1: right? Um, yeah,
0: it's got to cause like it would cause gender identity issues at such a young
1: age. I would think so,
0: yeah. And I mean, I know that a lot of um trans uh, teenagers, especially go through this, um, where, you know, they'll be out and people will refer to them as the wrong gender. Uh, right. so I know how hard that actually is, um, to be walking around in the world and not be referred to as who you feel you are. You know, it's hard. It's gotta be hard
1: that it does. It has to be hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's also gender variant, which is gender nonconforming, which is just somebody who either by nature or by choice doesn't choose to conform to gender based expectations of society. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason. Um, Then there's okay. so this one's interesting. And I was actually surprised by this, but happy that we have it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know how we have the titles, Mr. and Mrs. and Ms. and stuff like that. Right. Well, there is a new one that is gender neutral, which is pronounced mix. So it's MX period. And it's, it's the option of choice for folks who don't identify as cisgender. So mostly for Uh non binary people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I really like that because, because, you know, like sometimes teenagers who are going for their license or things like that, um, who don't fit the state's criteria of being trans. So like, they'll have to put uh, their sexual identity that they're born with and they're walking around and everybody's, you know, who knows them knows that they're either a not a male or not a female versus what whatever's being stated. Um, it comes up a lot for them, you know, on forms, applications, school. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good that we're starting to sort of change that.
1: Yeah, it, it'll help because um, I know A person who is trans that really hates the fact that they have to put their real identity on their Mm -hmm. their real gender or whatever, the whatever
0: it it must hurt because it's like walking around being somebody that you're not. You you don't recognize yourself that way. So right. Um, so that does bring us into the whole transgender thing. A person who lives as a member of a gender other than what is expected based on sex assigned at birth. So the whole sex assigned at birth thing. Um, so somebody says trans man, and they're like, well, what am I supposed to call him? What does that mean? What's a trans boy? <laughs> you know? Um, so a trans man is someone who was assigned a female at birth, but now identifies as a man. So you would call them a man. A trans woman is assigned a male at birth who now identifies as a woman. One of the other things that can happen, not with all transgender people, but with some is gender dysphoria, which mm-hmm. is distress associated with your sex um, most do experience it um however they trans when they transition it can help alleviate the issue. but most trans people that I know um and that I've heard about will go to counseling and they will they yeah. will work out their gender dysphoria issues uh you know, and, and also get the counseling they obviously would need, um, for support. So, but that is an issue that does come up quite
1: often. It does. And it's, it's really hard, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to be just so stressed out about it. Mm -hmm. It's sad because then how are you going to think about school and how are you going to think about other things that you need to be thinking about?
0: Yeah. It kind of puts you at a disadvantage. And like, if you, I think most people are familiar with um, body dysmorphia. So it's kind of the Mm -hmm. same thing, gender dysphoria, um, where there's confusion and distress associated uh, with your sex. I just, I feel so bad. I feel so bad that any kid would have to um, walk around feeling that, that way about themselves And um, it's good that we have counseling that can support them and help them
1: grow stronger as they become adults. The next one is Z or here, alternate pronouns that are gender neutral, pronounced Z and here. They replace he and she and his and hers respectfully alternatively some people who are not comfortable do not embrace he she and use the plural pronoun they there as a general neutral single pronoun
0: and i think this is like another thing that really confuses the older generations um i know that when my teenager came to me and said i want you to refer to me my comfortable pronouns are z and here and i was like or I think it was Z. And I was like, what are you talking about? What is Z? Or, you know, I don't want to be referred to as she or her. And to people like us, that's just like, um, that's hard to wrap your head around because you've lived your entire life referring to people in these ways. So of course this, they come along and they say this and it's like, I just think because it's so new, it's hard to understand at first. Like, they, there to me, it's like that's plural. Why would I refer right. to one person as they,
1: right? Because <laughs> they're not two people,
0: <laughs> right? Especially when they pounded it in our heads in English class,
1: <laughs> oh, right? Absolutely.
0: So, so, um, you know, try to be easier on us, elder folks, <laughs> even though we're not elders, exactly. so we are to you guys, um, because we are really do we are trying to understand, <laughs> but um, yeah, I the whole Z thing was like. I just was kind of thrown through a loop on that one. Um, so, yeah, that's different. I don't know. I, w- I, would, I would like to know who came up with that.
1: Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Where did
0: it generate from? You know, where did mm-hmm. it come from?
1: We might have to do a podcast on the history of these names.
0: That would be good, right? <laughs> I think that would be really right. interesting. Okay. And then there's gender apathetic. When you really do not identify or care about any particular gender, you're just fine passing off as whatever. And you really don't have an opinion towards your own gender. Right. Which, okay. <laughs> wow. I yeah. did not know that existed. But, I, I mean, I guess I, could, I guess I could see it if, like, you, you are fluid. If,
1: you, if you're pansexual, I can kind of see it.
0: Yeah. Though, right? Well, this is more of a gender identity. but possibly. Well,
1: I mean, but it, don't yeah. they kind of go to some things, some gender identities go with your sexual identity? I think so. Right? I
0: think they could. Yeah. yeah. I think this would be more referring, though, to people who are kind of gender fluid.
1: Gotcha. It would make right. more sense to me because
0: like they might not care if you say, hey, you're
1: a guy or a girl. Right, right.
0: So I just wanted to say because our editor gave us a little kick. <laughs> um, back to the Z here thing. Um, actually, people do use their in a singular way a lot of times. For example, somebody left their umbrella in the office. Could you please let them know where they can get it? The patient should be told at the outset how much they will be required to pay but a journalist should not be forced to reveal their sources things like that so um thank you editor for explaining that to us that makes a lot more sense and um hopefully that makes it a little clearer for people Now that we've covered gender identity, why don't we talk about sexuality?
1: That sounds be, like a great idea. That
0: it's, should be fun for everyone.
1: <laughs> Kim, you know, you've been dying to do this <laughs> sex podcast. Okay. So
0: this is <laughs> right up
1: our alley here. Right, right,
0: right. <laughs> okay. So the first one is romantic orientation. So who you are romantically attracted to, meaning wanting to be in a romantic relationship with. And it's completely unrelated to sexual
1: attraction. Then you have sexual orientation, who you are sexually attracted to, meaning who you get turned on by or who you would want to engage in sexual behaviors with. So if you can see the difference in those two, to right. be ro- just be romantic with someone or someone you are sexually attracted to.
0: And I mean, hopefully you could have both. Hopefully it's both. Right. (laughs) Right. Hopefully it's both. That's, that's the, that's what everybody hopes for. Um, And then there's obviously heterosexual people who, who um, the attraction to a gender different from their own uh, commonly used to describe someone who is gender binary, female or male attracted to the other binary gender. So that's what man and wife, you know, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, that kind of thing
1: right and then we have homosexual the attraction to a gender the same as their own commonly used to describe someone who is gender binary male or female attracted to the same binary gender sometimes referred to as gay
0: and i think most people understand that as well because you know we've come a long way as far as that goes and then there's also the term lesbian to describe women who are attracted only to other women
1: And then there's bisexual when you're attracted to two or more genders. This term is generally used to describe being attracted to men and women, but can apply to being attracted to any two or more genders. Note that you do not have to be equally attracted to each gender.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion with that. And one thing I do want to say is that bisexual people get such a bad rap because Um, Some people consider them as being opportunists or um, being just sexual deviant or not someone that they can trust, uh, being kind of, I want to say, slutty. And that is absolutely not true.
1: No, Um, it's not.
0: No. And then there's pansexual, when you are attracted to all genders or do not concern gender when you're attracted towards someone. So the person matters, the gender
1: does not. Right. So by curious, people who are open to experiment with genders that are not only their own. But do not know if they are open to forming any sort of relationship.
0: Oh, OK. I always thought it was just people who hadn't like had experience in bisexuality, but were curious so about it. Open but, to yeah.
1: experiment with genders. But they're not, not sure own.
0: about the relationship. OK,
1: right. They're not. Yeah. Or what sort of relationship? whether that be probably romantic or sexual.
0: Right. Oh, you know? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, polysexual is when you're attracted to many genders and questioning is people who are debating their own sexuality and gender, which I think many of the people in these
1: categories started there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I believe that too. There are also asexual people who are, have not experienced sexual attraction. Note that you can also be aromatic and do not necessarily have to be asexual and aromatic at the same time. Sometimes the term ace is used to describe asexuals.
0: I couldn't imagine not having any sexual attraction. That must be. That would be really weird. Odd. Probably not weird for them, but. Oh, no, I'm saying for me. I'm yeah, sorry for me yeah, for, for me. Yeah, for me, that would be weird. It does <laughs> seem weird because, you know, um, to me, it, I always thought that was such a natural part of just being human. So, yeah, you know, like a, just a biological thing that we're all born with. So um, to find out right. that there are people who just don't know what that is, is like is, is kind of, you know, odd to me, at least. Um, right. Demisexual people are. People who only experience sexual attraction after forming a strong emotional bond first or a romantic bond. I think that covers a lot of women. <laughs> a lot of girls I know anyway. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. have that. They have that need that romantic bond for sure. Uh, yeah. I need a,
1: uh, I definitely need a mental bond mm-hmm. and you know,
0: right. The emotional bond. Yeah.
1: Right. So a gray asexual person is when you only experience attraction rarely on a very low scale or under certain circumstances.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, peri orientated is when your sexual and romantic orientation targets the same gender.
1: The next one is very orientated when your sexual and romantic orientations do not target the same set of genders. For example, being heteroromantic and bisexual, or being heteroromantic, homo romantic, and pansexual. Which is confusing. It is a little confusing, but you know.
0: But um, when your sexual or romantic orientations do not target the same set of genders. I right. mean, that makes sense based on what we've said already before. You can be sexually attracted to somebody and be romantic be romantically attracted to somebody who is a, of a different gender. So I guess that does right. make sense. Um, I don't think I've seen a lot of that, but um, it's good to know that that's an orientation that exists. Um, heteronormative is the belief that heterosexuality is the norm and that sex, gender, sexuality, and gender roles all align. Now this one. <laughs> <laughs> This one. This one is the one that is considered, quote unquote, normal. Um, Uh And yeah, these are the people that kind of struggle with what we're talking about today. Right. Um, Because they believe that their way is the only way really, that it should all align together. Um, So hopefully Hopefully today's podcast, for those of you who are listening to it and identify this way, you can at least kind of uh, absorb, you know, the idea that there are other types of sexuality and romantic and uh, gender roles and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. And hopefully you can understand why a little bit more. Right. And that's what we're hoping for. Or some of these terms, what they mean, because it's been a learning experience for us Mm -hmm. too. So Absolutely. So, Air Assured, ignoring the existence of genders and sexualities in the middle of the spectrum. Yeah.
0: I think there's some people who are just so black and white with things.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's funny because those people say labels shouldn't matter and they don't like all these labels. Right. But right. at the same time, they want to label it black and white. So, um, I think it's just a matter of like ignoring it because it's too difficult to understand right that's my guess
1: um would you agree on that or I would agree on yes yeah I'm sorry my brain my brain shut off y'all it's called fibro fog (laughs) (laughs) my brain just like
0: it's also a lot of information so I don't blame you right um the next one is called Cishet, and I had to actually ask someone if I was pronouncing that correctly, but it's somebody who is both cisgender and heterosexual. This is sometimes used as an insult.
1: Oh, so let's not use that.
0: So let's not use that.
1: <laughs> right.
0: The next one is polyamorous and it's an umbrella term referring to people who are open to having consensual relationships with multiple people at the same time.
1: Yes. So like three or more people. three or more mm-hmm. three or more i love this one an ally a supporter of the lgbt plus community that does not identify with the community gotcha itself. which allies are awesome Allies <laughs> should are get awesome. more and Always more allies awesome. yeah that community is yes.
0: growing and that's great So here's, you know, now that we've talked about all that, some of the things you need to keep in mind is number one, just because you don't understand something doesn't invalidate it. Um, Most of the recent attacks by right-wing outlets can be summarized as this gender theory stuff doesn't fit my worldview. I totally can't wrap my head around it. So it must be wrong. Um, Just, you know, because you're not able to understand it doesn't mean it's wrong. You know, I can't explain the physics of black holes, (laughs) It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Our family dog will never understand, you know, internal combustion engine either. <laughs> um, I know we're being funny, but, you know, just because you do not understand something does not mean it does not exist. And that right.
1: is valid. You can't um, just sit there and be complacent and not mm-hmm. do anything.
0: So Right. So number two, it's not a fad. Gender nonconforming people have been around for millennia. Um, there's extensive archaeological evidence that transgender and gender non-conforming people have existed. In Eastern Europe, 5,000-year-old graves were found with female skeletons buried with male warrior accoutrements. There are records of Norse women going Viking. Uh, Joan of Arc was burned for wearing men's clothing. The Kama Sutra describes a third sex. And the Bible talks of self-made eunuchs. So, I mean, there's lots of evidence The reason we see more of it now is a combination of greater cultural awareness of such people and because of changing cultural norms, which allow transgender people to be more visible. Um, So the most cutting edge of cultural change right now is coming in the form of gender fluid and non-binary people. Um, This is the part that conservatives have the hardest time with, but it's actually just an extension of something a lot of people already subconsciously do.
1: Number three, women in our culture have much greater room to express their gender than men do, but this bolsters the underlying point. Given the opinion, straight cisgender people will change their gender expression to fit how they want to feel about themselves in that moment. Gender fluid people simply take this day to day and moment to moment variance in expression we see in cisgender people and expand upon it. Thus, this is not something new, but an evolution due to increased cultural space for such expression.
0: Number four, gender has components of both nature and nurture. Gender has components of both nature and nurture. Demonstrating that gender has components that are social constructs is relatively easy. The colors pink and blue are not instinctively gendered. They are just frequencies of light. Dress and skirts are not either. They are just bits of fabric. A recent meta-study at Boston University looked at the peer-reviewed evidence and concluded that gender identity has biological origins, though the exact biological mechanisms remain unknown. So this conclusion is not uncommon. It is effectively the same conclusion we have reached about sexual orientation and autism, namely that these biological origins are not fully understood. So these, is, these examples effectively contradict the notion that gender and gender identity are pure social constructs as well. However, neither is it purely biological. There are components that are cultural. Both are significant and observing transgender children helps square this circle. Transgender children often assert from a very early age what their gender is and choose cultural artifacts using a towel to make a dress, for example, to express Mm -hmm. how they see themselves. So gender has interacting biological and social components.
1: Well, I'm just going to blow everybody's mind right now. Yeah, my son wears pink and purple.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: I paint my nails, he gets one nail painted, mm-hmm. and he has two dolls.
0: Well, that's great. Okay, okay so <laughs> I, y'all just, can I love it. Go ahead
1: and mom shame me. I don't care. I hey,
0: know there better not be any mom shaving over that because that's yeah. great.
1: Right. Well, yeah. he he picked them out. That's what he wanted. But you his know, what? Closet, his you dolly. know what?
0: If Jason Momoa, one of the most masculine actors in Hollywood, can wear a full tuxedo in pink,
1: <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. And look good. That's all I'm going to say, ladies. That's all I'm going (laughs) to say. Y'all need to look that picture up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. Okay. Number five is cultural gender norms change over time naturally. So, you remember the whole pink and blue thing is for boys and girls? That wasn't always the case. It used to be that pink was the color for baby boys. This can be seen in Disney's Lady and the Tramp where the baby that lady protects is clearly stated to be a boy and yet is dressed in pink. Going further back until the end of the 18th century, men adorned themselves in a way that was often more colorful and flamboyant than women. However, after the great male renunciation, men's garb became drab and uniform, changing very little for a hundred years. So the angst over gendered norms is less about the norms themselves. If it was about a belief that gender norms are unchanging, then why aren't conservatives upset about Lady and the Tramp? They aren't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so the fact remains that gender norms are changing and conservatives are angry that they have little control over it. The change itself is a normal part of cultural evolution.
1: Number six is how you are raised does not determine the reality of your gender. One line of argument that tries to further segregate transgender people is that they are not real women or men. Because they do not have the exact same experiences as most cisgender people. Mm -hmm. This is dangerous in the sense that it invalidates the lived experience of a threatened minority group already. You know, they... I just, I'm just going to put this in there that there is lots of transgender people that commit suicide and there's lots of transgender people that are killed because they are murdered because they are transgender. So yeah, that's true. um, They are in a a very threatened minority group. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's true. And there's also the argument that you're only a real woman if you have menstruated or fertile or have had children. Um, There are cisgender women who have never had a period are infertile or choose not to have children and don't, have to defend the validity of their gender identity and expression and transgender people definitely do. And it's a double edged sword for them. They're, they're kind of like held to a double standard, you know, to prove, val- to prove the validity of their
1: gender. They are, they mm-hmm. really are. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost impossible to get somebody that doesn't believe in transgender stuff to, to actually understand it. But right. You know, they've got to think outside the box and try to be loving and compassionate.
0: Number seven is transgender people do not instinctively reinforce gender stereotypes. Uh, transgender people, by definition, go directly against societal norms for how a person should dress or act.
1: I was going to say that transgender is not a cross-dresser. Like, I feel like people right. think that transgender and cross-dressing is the same thing. No. Nope. It is not the same thing at all right like it's just a man that likes to wear women's clothes or a woman that likes to wear manly manly clothes
0: which is what we talked about before which is normal gender gender expression (sighs) right 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 if transgender people have done anything to reinforce stereotypes it is the result of a patriarchal culture which we have no control over which severely punishes anyone who is seen to violate these stereotypes so we've given everyone a lot to think about. Um, there's a lot of confusion surrounding a lot of these terms. Hopefully, we helped kind of shine some light.
1: We hope that you can be a little receptive to this community, a little more receptive to this community than mm-hmm. maybe you are now.
0: And if anybody has been listening to this and has disagreement with something we've said or something doesn't make sense, please let us know. Reach out to us. If we don't have the answer, we'll find it. Um, we're going to be posting things on our social media pages to kind of go into more depth on some of these subjects, on some of these uh, labels that we're throwing at you. And um, hopefully that will help as well. So check our social media pages throughout the week. Angie, what is the mantra for this week?
1: Love who you want, be who you want, and surround yourself with people you want. Never change for you are wonderful, beautiful, and unstoppable. No one and nothing can ever stop you from being the person you want to be. Never forget that. And remember, love is love.
0: Love is love.
1: Love is love.
0: (laughs) We really hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did get something out of it, please like, share, follow, or subscribe. All of our social media information will be announced in just a moment. Please join us next week for a whole new episode. Until then, please remember that we are always stronger together. And thank you for listening.
1: Mask up, guys. Peace out.
0: Unified through chronic and mental illness can be found at anchor.fm slash unified. There you can find all social media links as well as other ways to listen.